It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Vikings can clinch the NFC North this week. So what's the dream playoff scenarios look like? And previewing Mike White and the New York Jets and the latest on Cat and the Wolves injury scare. We're breaking it all down. It's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with Care 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day, and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown, everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. You can check him out every night up on CARE 11. Tuesday, Reg, got a fresh coat of white snow on the ground this morning. How you feeling? Ugh. Uh, something about seeing the snow just is depressing, man. I know people are like, oh, but it's so pretty. I'm like, no, it's ghetto. Okay. <laughs> That's what it is. But no, I, you know, it, it's wintertime, so it's to be expected. But, you know, when you start seeing the snow on the ground, that's when it seems like the sports matter a little bit more. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. So much to get into. You're right. First, remember, follow along, Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. And on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at Lockdown M-I-N. And remember, we're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson Show. You got the Football Party and more, your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review. Speaking of YouTube every day, posting that new poll up on the Lockdown Minnesota YouTube community page. Yesterday, I asked fans, what's your biggest worry for the Vikings come playoff time? Four options, the run defense, the pass defense, any big key name injuries that still remain, or this pesky missed extra points, missed kick thing we got going on. Here were the results. Pass and run defense go bang, bang, one and two. Pass defense get a whopping 66%. Surprised only 10% chose the missed kicks. And the health of big names, last place at 9%. My real quick take, Reg, then I want your opinion. This defense, they rank 30th or worse in multiple categories right now. And when I look at those two losses, both blowouts, all I remember is getting blown out at the line of scrimmage. Eagles and Cowboys, they were able to run all over us. Now you watch Jalen Hurts 
Hurts break the Eagles' record for quarterback rush yards. That worries me. At the same time, you're talking about a franchise that has lost two massive playoff games because of a miskicked. One of them, yeah, to go to the Super Bowl. And knowing how every one of these games has been decided by one score or less, every single point is critical for this Vikings team. So run defense, cleaning up the miss extra points, that's vital for me. When you looked at this poll, what were your quick thoughts, Rich? Yeah, I think the 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 defense kind of scares me as well, but I, they play that bend but don't break style. But, you know, something, something that we said earlier in the uh, season, it's like, man, they look mighty bendy at times. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think they kind of cleaned that up a little bit, and then we kind of seen – we kind of saw the last two games things kind of – yeah, you know, get a little, get a little, a little hazy there, and so that I think it's the pass defense too for me that is a little tough. You you don't necessarily worry about the run defense as much, especially when they get Dalvin Tomlinson back. But that pass defense, man, like they came out, punched the Patriots in the mouth, went down and scored a touchdown, and then I think it took the Patriots like two or three plays, and they were they were in the end zone as well, and it was just like, oh, oh. Okay, all right. And, you know, outside of like Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, it's scary. Now you're talking about Andrew Booth Jr. getting uh, injured and, and he had a meniscus injury uh, surgery yesterday. And so now you're, you're a little concerned. I think they're really excited to get Cam Dantzler back from that ankle injury uh, when he is available and kind of sure up some things. But that pass defense, man, it's a little porous. Yeah, remember, go check out the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube page. Every day, posting a new poll. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a beat. Go comment. Let us know what you think. Over 2,400 votes yesterday, over 30 comments. Love to see it. All right, to football we go. You just kind of mentioned it. I just want to touch on it real quick. Breaking news yesterday. Let's start here. Andrew Booth Jr., Vikings second-round pick, going to undergo surgery on his knee. Likely out for the year. KOC didn't commit to that. We're going to see how the injury goes. He said yesterday, Kwesi's first draft not off to a hot start top two picks land on the IR never really played much this first season at all and even outside of that haven't got a ton of production from any others either thoughts on the class any hope for optimism for the future for next year moving forward and more importantly what this means for the team's secondary down the final stretch and into the playoffs man it's tough man especially when you talk about a safety a guy who's supposed to be, you know, one of your more athletic people out there on the field, broke his leg. You want to see how he comes back from that. Is he still explosive? Is he still able to, you know, run as, as fast as he was before the injury? And he was still kind of learning the defense as well. Like, it just kind of derailed some things. Andrew Booth Jr., I believe this is, what, the third injury or so that he's dealt with since he's been a member of the Vikings, and it hasn't even been a full year since he's joined the team in the draft. I kind of worry about that a little bit. You know, you you think about those type of guys. Caleb Evans, he's dealt with the concussion. He looks like he's going to be a very, you know, solid player for them, but it's still too early to tell on him. Brian Asamoah, he's just in a situation where he's stuck behind two studs right now with Kendrick's and Hicks, and it's just like, well, not really sure what he has. He has contributed on special teams. I think it's tough, man. I think it's really tough, and especially when you have high hopes for a guy. When you see a guy like Andrew Booth Jr. drop to you in the second round, I think there were a lot of medical questions about 
whether or not he would be healthy enough to to make it. And we've kind of seen sometimes like guys who may be getting labeled injury prone or whatever you want to call it in college. And then they come to the NFL and they're able to just ball out. You know, I know there was a concern with Adrian Peterson with his injuries in college. And then he gets to Minnesota. He just kind of becomes this Iron Man and becomes this Iron Man in the NFL for years and years and years. And so uh, I, I, it's a tough thing when it comes to some of these draft picks. I think they, they drafted with the best intentions and that's what makes the draft so hard, man. Like you just never know how these guys are going to hit. There are some guys that, you know, get drafted fifth, sixth, seventh round and they become studs in the league. And you're like, well, how the heck did who missed the ball on that one? You know, and it's just like well, sometimes you just can't tell. You know, I watched I watched Terry McLaurin in college. I covered the Buckeyes for a couple seasons, and I watched him in college, and I thought he was a solid receiver. I thought he might, re- you know, turn into maybe like a possession-type guy in the league. Now all of a sudden he's Scary Terry, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And you're just like, oh, wow. Like I thought Paris Campbell was going to be like the can't-miss guy in the NFL. He's dealt with injuries. And, you know, he's kind of wide receiver two, wide receiver three in Indianapolis right now. He's a a burner, but he's not a guy that is incredibly impacting games. And I just – you just never know with with these players, man. And I I think it's it's tough and it's easy to criticize because you see what's happening. You know, now we've kind of been able to pull the label back a little bit and and see – you know, what we're digesting. And now that makes it a little bit more difficult. And you're like, oh man, the Vikings, you know, they messed up with these picks. Oh, it wasn't a good draft. It's like, well, it's a little early one. And two, it's just like, it's such a toss up, man. You do the best you can, especially with Quasi trading back 20 picks. And it just hasn't worked out so far. The one thing I've learned working with you, Terry McLaurin, that's your boy. Scary Terry is Reggie's guy. Any chance he gets, he's bringing up Scary Terry. Back to Andrew Booth. You got to remember, top 15 talent. You think you just fell for no reason? Of course not. This was his thing. As you mentioned, guy just cannot stay healthy. Going all the way back to high school, if you look at the scouting report, he even said that himself. He drops all the way to the 40s because teams knew they were taking a huge gamble on the injury concerns. Listen, I hope both him and Seen can come back healthy next year and make a huge impact because if not, that's just a huge punch to the gut in Quasi's first draft resume. The good news is, from everything we've seen, He did hit on one cornerback later in the fourth round. That's a Caleb Evans. And if they can get him back for the final stretch, it would just make the world a difference given just how thin they are. Because as of right now, you're talking about Duke Shelley and Ty McGowan lining up in that dime defense. Not what you want come playoff time. So hopefully a Caleb Evans comes back this week from that concussion protocol. All right, let's talk some Benny and the Jets. Elite top-notch defense. In fact, PFF's number one defense in the entire NFL. On the flip Mm. side, you got the 32nd ranked offense. When you just look at this Jets team on paper, what do you see? What scares you the most? How do the Vikes come away with another victory Sunday? Robert Sala, man, he just gets Mm -hmm. those guys ready to play. And they've kind of taken on his mentality. He's a guy that runs the bleachers before the game. He gets all fired up on the sideline. He's a he's just a, a excitable guy. And I think this team kind of plays with his enthusiasm. 
And when you talk about that defense, you know, I was cautioned, you know, we made our predictions on Vikings Extra on Sunday, and I was cautioned to, like, I don't know, like, I, I didn't want to, you know, people were like, oh, it's the Jets, like, they're going to, you know, whoop them or, you know, whatever. Like, no, I think this game is going to be playing out just like some of the other games did, maybe going down to the wire. I think it's it's a little scary. I want to see this matchup between Sauce and Justin Jefferson. You know, Sauce is he's he's taking his lumps a little bit. You know, he played against Stephon Diggs earlier this season. You know, he he's a guy that is leading all categories in rookie defensive uh, player of the year. And I think he is going to be a top flight bona fide cornerback in this league for years to come. That being said, Justin Jefferson is one of, if not the best wide receiver in the game right now. And, you know, we've seen him against some of the better corners in the league. I think he still has something that he wants to prove that, like, hey, it doesn't matter who guards me, like, I'm going to get mine. And that's going to be an interesting matchup on Sunday to see those two go at each other. And I think just from a, a – a defensive line standpoint as well. We've seen the offensive line of the Vikings struggle a little bit. They hope to get Christian Derrissaw back because he helps tremendously. But you talk about that line, Cousins got sacked once, I think, against the Patriots. And that was that was a really good showing for them. But this Jets defensive line is it's a little scary, man. It's a little scary. You talk about Quentin Williams on, along that front. And those guys are playing hard. And they've got some really good pieces there along that defensive front. And that's going to give Cousins and that offensive line some some fits. So I think that's going to be a really tough matchup for them on Sunday. And I don't think it's going to be anything easy as maybe some would think just because the offense is not humming like you would think it is. Now, the offense is improved after that week. But I, I told people, like, it's the Bears, man, like. The Bears aren't mm-hmm. necessarily playing for anything, but pride right now. They didn't have the type of team that could keep up with the Jets when you're talking about starting a backup quarterback. You know, no disrespect to Trevor Simeon. He hurt himself in the pregame warm-up and still, you know, gave it a go. But I think they had a better chance with Justin Fields back there. They didn't have Fields, and so they weren't able to s- sustain things as much as they would like to, which – then gives the other team the advantage, and we saw what they did to take advantage. Some of those passes – I saw a pass to Gary Wilson that was kind of behind him a little bit, but he was still able to corral it, and he kind of just went off. I said on Sunday from all the uh, the disgruntled receivers that the Jets have, they were all pleased on Sunday. You had Garrett Wilson with multiple touchdowns. Elijah Moore even got in on the, the action with the touchdown himself, and so – that that just team is is tough. They're seven and four for a reason. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see that matchup at the bank on Sunday, but you do expect the best from the Vikings as well. Yeah, the whole thing feels a lot like the Patriots game. Kind of the same blueprint, right, for both teams. Elite defense, and you hope your offense can do just enough. Both the Patriots and Jets got the same thing kind of going on. They're obviously hoping the quarterback change can give them a spark offensively and versus the Bears. They looked a lot better, and I think it fits how they're built, the Jets, that is, as a team much better. Someone said 
said Mike White is fine with the singles and the doubles all day and letting the defense do the dirty work. You know, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, he's more of the gunslinger looking for the home run ball. And that just wasn't complimentary football the way they're designed. You mentioned Robert Sala, too. Great job taking that worst defense in the NFL last year, turning it into what it is now. He's also won three games with three different quarterbacks in the meantime. One good draft can really help turn things around. You're seeing what having a shutdown cornerback can do for his defense and the things he can drop, knowing he can leave Sauce out on that island over there. And of course, the catalyst to the whole thing, linebacker Chaz Surratt. I mean, what a find after the Vikings dumped him to scoop him up and turn him into a game changer. Obviously joking, but he's done a great job with that defense. (laughs) And now I think Mike White, again, fits the blueprint of how they want to win football games more than Wilson. So don't let the backup narrative fool you. I think the Vikings have their work cut out for them for sure. Coming up next, we're looking at the scouting report on Jets quarterback Mike White and Sauce Gardner coming to town. But first, Vikes now 10-1 to win the Super Bowl after that victory over the Patriots Thanksgiving night. Vikings open this week versus the Jets. Three-point favorites at home at the bank over under starting at 42 points. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, NHL, NBA, even MMA and UFC. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, you know anything about Mike White? I mean, I remember he came out in 2018. He had that big baseball background. That's the one big thing I remember. Remember that 2018 quarterback draft class loaded at the top. Lamar, Mm. Baker, Josh Rosen, kind of the bust of the group. Josh Allen, of course. And then there was a big drop-off. And then he had Mason Rudolph went in the second round. But Mike White goes in the fifth round of the Cowboys. Had this big baseball background. In fact, a lot of people thought he could go the MLB route and try to go pro as a pitcher. You see the fastball Mm. on tape. Kind of resurrected that Jets offense last week. Great stats in the rain. 300 yards, three TDs, 150 passer rating. You know anything else about Mike White or what you expect for this Vikings defense and how they can prepare? And remember... Let's just take a step back. Robert Sala has not committed to Mike White yet. He came out yesterday and said, we're just going to take this thing day by day. How do you prepare if you're the Vikings defense, knowing you got the gunslinger on one hand versus Mike White on the other hand? What do you do? I think you just prepare for what the Jets do on offense. You know, what's interesting about um, what the Jets do on offense is it's kind of similar to what Kevin O'Connell wants to do. Their offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur. Mike LaFleur came up under the, you know, McVeigh, Shanahan tree. And so like they're kind of they're kind of used to what they do. Maybe you look at like what the the Packers might do with his brother, Matt LaFleur, and you look at what Shanahan likes to do in San Francisco. And you look at KLC and what he likes to do with the Vikings, and you're like, oh, okay, like I could see some similarities here. I think they just prepare for that offense. Don't know a whole lot about Mike White. You know, he's come in and played well in the times that he did come in. What was interesting is, is the Jets decided not to go back to Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco played a pretty good game the first week of the season, and they they played well without 
Zach Wilson as he recovered from that knee injury that he suffered in the preseason. And so I I thoroughly expect the the Jets to, you know, establish the run and and really just kind of make it easy on Mike White and you know, maybe allow him to make a couple plays here or there. And so I think the the Vikings can't afford to get caught flat-footed here. We know what happens we know what happens when the Vikings play these backup or third string quarterbacks. Things just tend to happen. You saw what Skylar Thompson was doing uh, with the Dolphins before he went down with the injury. Teddy Two Gloves uh, came in in relief and, and kind of balled out with Miami. So there have been some times that, you know, they've 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 seen some struggles against these backup quarterbacks. So you get a little nervous there, but you know, I think if you play the game that that they know how to play and, and you do get some help back with the Caleb Evans maybe coming back and, you know, some help for that secondary, which has struggled this year, I think they have a, a chance to kind of keep them, you know, at bay a little bit. But even even Mac Jones, who were who was struggling, people were maybe calling for his head. He comes into the bank, throws for 300 plus yards. He looks phenomenal it was like a 115 plus passer rating so it it leaves you a little bit of reason to be concerned a little bit and I think if you're talking about the the long term of the Vikings this season how far they could go I think that's one of the things that you get a little bit afraid of it's like if that pass rush doesn't get there in time they can kind of get gashed in that pass defense and that kind of scares you when you talk about maybe them going far this season. I remember at Western Kentucky, the dude took 46 sacks, not a lot of mobility, pure pocket guy, kind of Kirk Cousins-ish, but elite arm talent. But when that pocket gets muddy, when he gets pressure in his face, the mechanics fall apart a little bit and it relies on, again, that fastball, that baseball arm strength. So if you can muddy Mm -hmm. that pocket a little bit, get after it. I know Zadarius is hobbling around on one knee, but honestly, edge rusher for the Vikings, maybe their best depth position, DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones, obviously, Neil Hunter on the other side. Plenty of depth to go around. Maybe a little rotation Sunday versus the Jets. Try to get after Mike White. All right. To basketball we go. My, oh, my, oh, my, Reg. Wolves get thumped last night. Washington, 142-127. Top five starters, when you look at the box score, plus, minus, all double digits in the negative. Not what you want, Mm. but more importantly, the Wolves with a major injury scare. As Cat goes down, he leaves the court, goes to the locker room with an apparent calf injury. Initial reports saying Cat did not suffer severe damage, but I mean, you're my go-to here. Any latest on him? What's the best and I guess worst case scenario here with this massive, massive big name health scare for the Wolves? Everybody's just kind of holding their breath for this MRI. They said that there's initial optimism that he didn't suffer something more serious than that right calf strain. And I, I just don't know how, where they come to that conclusion from. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. So I can't, you know, say what their telltale signs are that something is significant or not. But I think what really kind of just gave you some imagery was him trying to get back on defense. And it looks like he tripped, you know, that's kind of like that telltale sign. And he turned around as he, as he kind of lost his footing a little bit, he turned around like who kicked me or like, who's back there? Like they said, that's kind of what it feels like when you tear an Achilles 
and he went down on the court, couldn't put any pressure on his right leg at all as he's getting carried off the court. And when he got down on the court, he was like grasping at that right calf, um, which I don't know if you're grasping at straws, you're like, okay, he's not grabbing at the ankle area. He's grabbing at the calf. But honestly, you know, with, with seeing different things, what we've seen before, uh, I think back to Kevin Durant, he had the right calf injury um, and it, he came back premature in that finals game, he came back cooking, and then all of a sudden, it's it popped, and it, it you know he he had the Achilles injury, and we saw you know he was out for that next year, mm-hmm. missed the whole next season. I guess what you're scared of is did the cat tear his Achilles, man? Like I think he was starting to try to get into a groove. I think it's been a little bit difficult this transition with him and Rudy, and him just trying to figure out like his place on this on this team this new look team and i think he was starting to try to figure some things out and this is a big blow you know they just signed him to the big supermax contract i guess the the tough part is is you know this injury could be something catastrophic it could be something serious or if it is just that right calf strain like that's still nothing to to sneeze at because like i said he couldn't put any pressure on his right leg as he was going off the court and we've kind of seen these injuries before. You know, I look at, I think Anthony Davis had this injury a couple of years ago. And that's just something you have to be very, very delicate with because if he did not tear his Achilles, what you don't want is for him to rush back on that right calf strain and do something to then go ahead and tear. That's like that precursor to tearing mm-hmm. the Achilles. They just all kind of seem to work in that same, uh, you know, symmetry or chemistry, if you will. And mm-hmm. so, Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm concerned about Cat. I hope it's not as serious as uh, as it looked, but it that was one heck of a scary injury for him. And I know all within the Wolves are just kind of holding their breath right now because if he goes out, that's a significant blow to what they're trying to do this season. So best and worst case scenarios, just real quick. Worst case, obviously, is out for the year. That would be a massive just heartbreaker. Best case, as you just mentioned, you don't want to rush him back. So I don't know, two, three, four, five weeks, something in that range. I'm just throwing out a general ballpark. You want to rest him. What is this Wolves roster and lineup going to look like without Cat? Obviously, Nas Reed, solid center backup. But now what does Finch do with this rotation? And how does he try to put the pieces of this puzzle now without Cat? together i think they i think maybe you try to go small in that lineup and you really play off the pick and roll with with rudy now you know that they got them they got two all-star centers playing next to each other if one is out for a significant period of time now you have to play through the other and just try to make it work and i'm interested to see how that looks you know you talk about d'lo and Jaden mcdaniels Maybe a Nas Reed in there, like, or, or maybe you go smaller, you play a couple guards. Maybe you throw Austin Rivers in there in the starting lineup. Or maybe, you know, you, you go uh, Jalen Noel in the starting lineup and maybe put, I don't know, Jaden McDaniels at the four. I don't know. It, it, these, are, these are some things that, you know, they, they've kind of go, went all in, put, pushed their chips in at going with this big lineup. And we've seen it work for other teams just – kind of slow to work for the Wolves. You know, I think about maybe like what the Cavs have with 
with Mobley and with Allen playing together, those two twin towers, and it's working there. But we didn't get a chance to necessarily see it work well here without, you know, Cat going down with that injury. And so I think that would probably open up things for Ant to go ahead and become the superstar player that people think that he can become. Put the Popeyes down, as Cat said, or you know, you keep the Popeyes. I ain't, I ain't mad at the Popeyes. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's pretty delicious. You still got to try that, by the way, Luke. I need a report. Yeah, give, yeah, hand over the Popeyes to me. I'll take care of that for you. Yeah, I need a report. But I think this will be Ant's time to shine and and really kind of lead this team 30, 40 point efforts on a night in and night out basis. I think he has it in him, and that's kind of what they need to see. Yeah, find the positive. Maybe this is a great opportunity for Ant to kind of take that next step and become the leader of this team. No rest for the Wicked Wolves play tomorrow night in the backyard at Target Center versus the Memphis Grizzlies in that dramatic rematch from their first round exit last year. We're going to catch up on that as we all collectively hold our breath and get more cat news later today. We'll catch in on that tomorrow. Plus, Sauce Gardner versus Justin Jefferson matchup. We're going to break that down a little bit tomorrow as well. That's a wrap today. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for your 30-minute episode of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too, free and available all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter. Check him out at Reggie Wilson TV and check him out every night up on care 11 luke inman on twitter at luke underscore spinman special thanks to the producer matt de brits we're back tomorrow with another episode of superior sports talk presented by lockdown sports minnesota for reggie i'm luke until tomorrow signing out be blessed spread love today Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.